Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Hey, we are in the rotation. <laughs> Thanks for taking over there, Kato. <laughs> um, I guess we should do like what Gary does, right? Like, should we like, you know, Gary's oh. not here, so like. You mean like, when Gary uh, puts on the mask and then he dramatically rips it off? Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold, hold on, viewership. Here we go. We got to start this party off right. Ah, ah. It's time to rip off the mask and pass the grass. You are in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. I'm Carlos Jose Angel Hermida Gonzalez Lorenzo Monson Paz, Monson <laughs> Rodriguez, and I am the deputy director of Suncoast Normal. And joining me as always, we are the classic duo of the rotation. This is uh, Chris Cano. Here, our executive director and Caesar just called you, called us fat. Oh, oh yes, indeed. Been, been fat for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Caesar, we embrace our fatness. Holy fat. That's that's what we are. Uh, thanks for trying to embarrass us. I love you, anyways. The funny thing, uh, most uh, marijuana users actually tend to be uh, on the skinnier end of the spectrum. So I don't know what I'm smoking wrong. Yeah, it's I think it has to do with munchy food. I think like some people are like, uh, you know, they get the munchies and they eat carrots. Uh, I eat the, I get the munchies and I eat honey buns. Yeah, or hamburgers, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, AOC legalized cannabis. What the that didn't happen. Um, what? Wait, no, I got a comment here. We got some weird comments today. Is it true AOC legalized cannabis? No, one member of Congress could never do that, but yeah. she does support the legalization of it. So yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, Kano, it's Super Bowl time. You know, granted, you know we're fat guys. We don't really play that much sports. I I don't really watch that much sports. You you I believe watch sports. You you're into sports, right? I, I played uh, football when I was younger, so I, I enjoy watching it. But uh, as an adult, I realized I don't get paid 
to uh, go out and practice. And I actually enjoyed not being in the hot sun at three o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, you know, crashing into other 300 pound men at full speed. So, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not into that. I was on the wrestling team in high school and uh, yeah, dude, I, the first off, this was before I smoked weed. So I've just had anxiety that I didn't know how to get rid of. And I sucked at it. I was in the mat the entire time. My first official match as a wrestler was against my own team because we went to a tournament, right? And another school didn't have people in my weight class. So my my coach was like, yo, you can take Carlos. (laughs) 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 So yeah, um, football doesn't really look kindly on marijuana um there's a lot of sports look at marijuana i think as like a performance enhancing drug i'm not entirely sure about that uh to quote an old robin williams joke uh marijuana's only performing enhancing drug is if you're skiing down a slope and there's a big freaking hershey bar at the end of the slope mm, yes yes robin williams was uh a fat guy like us huh <laughs> de- de- definitely was a cannabis user so yeah. it helped it helped him from his withdrawals from the cocaine in the speed. Yeah. <laughs> so we've worked with a few uh, football players like Boo Williams, Ricky Williams, uh, whatever, Williams. Marvin, Marvin Washington. Yeah. Marvin Washington. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a long tradition of sports not really uh, um, – looking kindly on marijuana but now that legalization is happening and because these guys get hit in the head all the time um they're starting to look at it as more of like a recovery thing more about protecting than enhancing um and yeah um what do you think about that well i mean you know it's crazy that what we've seen in the past from the national football league is, you know, you've seen it in the penalties for players like Ricky Williams, is that they come down on these players so hard for cannabis use. But then you see other guys like Ray Rice and, and, and some others who can literally beat their girlfriends into a coma and they're they're back on the field in a matter of, of just a couple games. Yeah. You know, and so, so that in itself shows a, a major hypocrisy uh, when it comes to, you know, enforcing these character-based uh, rules and regulations, because for some reason, utilizing cannabis isn't just about um, performing enhancement, but you know, in some ways, it, it tries to bring into question someone's character, because that's all these arbitra- uh, arbitrary testing things do. And in the NCAA, it is much worse. You know, uh, young athletes who, you know, if you play little league for several years and you play four years of high school. You know, you, you crank out a couple years at the collegiate level, you're going to have pain. Your body's, you know, I mean, at, by the time you're 20, you're going to have, you know, 40-year-old's knees in some cases, you know, depending if you're a running back, lineman, how much wear and tear you put on the body. And for um, a lot of these guys, they utilize cannabis, at, you know, um, not just for pain, but also as an anti-anxiety. I mean, the amount of pressure that is on you when you have uh, 100,000 of your fellow students and, and alumni all cheering, all expecting, you know, you to play at a top performance level. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And a lot of these guys see their entire college careers, their entire possible future professional careers, uh, go down the tubes for a positive cannabis test. And that's just not right. No, it's not right. And um, I, I know that UFC, you, uh, UFC seems to like mixed martial arts, seems to be embracing everything a little bit more easy. <laughs> 
Um, I I know that uh, at least when there's like some sort of mixed martial arts event, I typically always get a phone call here at the shop asking me to advertise during the event. Um, we got people like uh, Nate Diaz, I believe his name is Nate Nick Diaz. Yeah, we got brothers. Um, we're smoking CBD joints during practice and shit. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to think about it. Um, I, you know, how I look at marijuana, I really look at it as like a synthesis with the human body. Um, this plant, the hands down, there's no other body, there's no other plant that when you consume it, it just synergizes with the human body perfectly, right? So I don't really look at marijuana as an enhancement. I just look at it as, I don't know, I, I, I want to say compliment, but I think that might be the wrong word. I believe the proper word is it is a uh, immunoregulator for the purpose of homeostasis. There you go. Homeostasis. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and uh you know what's interesting is like you said ufc um leading the way i guess part of that is you got to have your uh, league president smoke copious amounts of weed with joe rogan for them to apparently see the light when it comes to cannabis um and unfortunately that's not the case with the nfl but maybe if uh, jerry jones and joe rogan sat down together he might uh, the the owners and the league might uh, see things a little bit differently um, but what's interesting is that the league's new collective bargaining agreement that they signed in the spring of 2020 uh, will no longer suspend uh, players who test positive for marijuana. And that's definitely a positive step uh, for the NFL, which for a lot of people uh, look to the National Football League as the, you know, the, the gold standard uh, for American sports. But we've yeah. also seen uh, the Major League Baseball and, and the uh, NBA uh, both uh, look at liberalizing um, their marijuana policies. And so I thought with well, the NFL was interesting because testing used to be, you know, uh, anytime. And now uh, testing is going to be limited uh, to the first two weeks of training camp instead of from April to August. And the threshold of THC um, has been raised uh, four times. And, you know, they, they raise the amount of nanograms that needs to be uh, in your body. So ideally, you could essentially smoke, you know, Sunday afternoon and, you know, and uh, it'd, it'd still be okay. But I mean, if they know there's this limited window where it's just the first two weeks of training camp, then essentially, you know, guys can detox uh, prior to training camp and such. And, and I think that's necessary in the sense that, um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to suspend guys for utilizing cannabis when a lot of them are utilizing it uh, for therapeutic reasons. Uh, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski has been very outspoken about his use of CBD and how it helps him. And I mean, you know, oftentimes when I see people out there advocating the aspects of CBD, it's because that is politically popular and okay to advertise because of the non-psychoactive nature. Because for some reason, there's still a taboo among, you know, the general population and among public policymakers around utilizing something that's psychoactive in nature, like THC. Now, up in Tallahassee, uh, just this session, you know, I was speaking to uh, Eric Stevens from United uh, from uh, Florida for Care, and he was telling me that a lot of politicians in Tallahassee um, were listening to these uh, Harvard-based uh, uh, um, scientists who were saying that if you smoke anything over 10% THC, there's a possibility of you developing psychosis and going crazy. And I just listened to that, and I'm just like, no, 
if you smoke, if you smoke anything over 10% THC, you're going to get the munchies and get couch lock. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we did a whole show on that about how really genetics plays a bigger role in psychosis than marijuana does. And, uh, yeah, um, that shit just keeps on popping up, man. Everybody wants to blame marijuana for something. And it, that just goes into, I think what's going on here. Like, if somebody is using marijuana and they just happen to be a better player than you, so they're just going to be get attacked because they're using marijuana. I think, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it, the argument over it being a performance enhancing drug. Is it enhancing your performance to alleviate pain relief? Like, should players be required to play in pain? Should people be required to play with? high levels of anxiety you know if it gives you relief is that enhancing or are you already at a at a disabled a disability where you already handicapped to begin with right so mm-hmm. so i think there, there's definitely an argument there that it's not a performance enhancing drug that it's a, a therapy that's necessary to you know to keep the body performing at those intense levels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah man uh I don't know. What do you think the likelihood is that, uh, you know, uh, we're going to use marijuana to make our, you know, keep our players safe? You know, federal legalization has a lot to do with what's going to happen with sports. Um, I mean, federal government's policies, you know, still have to be changed. You know, as long as cannabis is a schedule one drug, there will always be holdouts at every level of government, at every policy-making body, whether public or private, uh, that are going to have issues with it. And then even once it is legalized, there's still going to be a, a time period. There's, there may even be arbitrary policies. I mean, we see local governments uh, like down in Sarasota and in other places across Florida that have uh, more conservative you know, uh, local officials who, for some reason, still want to ban uh, adult use, even though uh, adult use and recreational cannabis isn't even legal yet in Florida. And they're already, you know, preempting it. And and all we see is that when those type of laws are instituted, it just means that there's less access for the people in that area, which means people have to drive farther or people have to go to the black market. And, you know, either way, that's not helpful. Either you're hurting people's pocketbooks or you're risking their freedom. And, and you know, that in itself is bad public policy. Yeah, man. And I got to tell you, too, uh, as you know, I'm in Ybor City right now. Uh, Chillum's here in Ybor City. Um, Fucking like the Super Bowl is happening in Tampa right now. Uh, There's so much alcohol consumption going on right now. There's so many people out here getting drunk. I see people uh, literally like probably like 20 feet away from me sitting at a table right now drinking already. Um, And... There's so much, I mean, Budweiser has been a fucking sponsor of football for the longest fucking time. And they're literally using the popularity of sports to promote a poison and to downplay uh, cannabis and something that just people need, I think. Um, I'm a big believer in that, like, it doesn't matter who you are, there's a strain out there for you, right? Yeah. and I, I just, I can't stand how much alcohol is being glorified and marijuana is being pushed aside. 
um you know and and it's gonna sound like a capitalist thing but like you know we got three bars you know i'm literally standing in the middle of bars right now sitting in the middle of bars right now um and these guys are slim these guys are packed code enforcement has to come out here and tell them that they gotta kick people out because of covid right and uh you know they don't come in here you know they and granted uh, you know i do want their money i'm not gonna lie but <laughs> but you know i i want to provide them something that's going to help them and i want to sell them pipes i want to sell them cbd or delta 8 or cbg whatever it is um but they're more concerned about uh getting blacked out drunk than they really are doing anything else and um yeah it's just a shame i really think our values as a society are are fucked and <laughs> that is a that's definitely a good way to put it and it's really like it's it's like this uh sports culture is so big like it could do so much good it could do so much good if we just let one marijuana commercial happen during the super bowl you know hey. and um, yeah, and like, what was it like? It's like the last Super Bowl. I think we they were saying like, oh, we're totally gonna get a marijuana commercial on there. I don't think it happened. No, uh, the Super Bowl is probably the most political of events when it comes to the you know private business sector. Um, you know, it's look at all the backlash from Janet Jackson just pulling out a titty on a Sunday afternoon. Yo, right? Yeah, <laughs> for real. For real. And like, you know, and, and not not to mention all the support she got for pulling out her titty on TV. And that that's I'm for more titties on TV. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> but I I just I got to say, what, what do you think would happen if Janet Jackson pulled out a joint and started smoking it during her set? Oh, they did. You know, the powers that be would probably lose their freaking minds way worse than than anything, you know, that, that would yeah, that I, I firmly believe the backlash pulling out joint would have been way worse than pulling out a titty. <laughs> yeah, and it's sad that, that, that that's the way we live at, you know. I mean, it's joints and titties are awesome though, but <laughs> I mean, um, I'm I'm sounding like Gary right now. I'm I'm gonna well, start talking about Pornhub and stuff, and I I should digress. <laughs> well, my, my wife always says something interesting to me because, you know, she's not from this country and she makes observations about our culture all the time. And she says, Americans love titties and puppies. And if you can incorporate those two things in your marketing, people will buy that product, hands down. <laughs> so that's what we need. We need a Super Bowl commercial with weed, titties and puppies. Think about it. Uh, how many times have you seen a Budweiser commercial with titties and puppies? I mean, quite a few times. Wasn't there like a puppy bowl or something like that? Yeah, there was, there was twins, and then there's the puppy with the horses, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, cannabis advertising is uh, is definitely a new frontier. I mean, locally, you see um, a lot of advertising on social media uh, within whatever social media policies you can get away with. I think one of the companies here locally that's been attempting to try to do pop culture marketing and there's been some failures along the way. You know, there's been some cringy moments is, is one plant. Mm. I've seen I've seen some of their commercials and I'm like, oh, OK, all right. I, I see what they're going for. But, ooh, that delivery, you know, those, you know, maybe some of the stereotypes they might be reinforcing in their in, in some of their, uh, you know, 
uh, more uh, catered demographical advertising, not 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 helpful, not productive. So <laughs> I remember that commercial. That commercial was awful. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, cannabis advertising again is is definitely a new frontier for a lot of folks. And, uh, you know, there's going to be mistakes made along the way. Put it like this. We're in the, the Mad Men uh, type of uh, era of cannabis advertising right now. So Leave it to me, man. If we, we start a sports show and I talk about commercials more than the actual sport. <laughs> <laughs> this is America, man. Commercials actually have a place in professional sports, right? People watch the Super Bowl and tune in for these once-in-a-lifetime major productive you know production commercials and it's it's so funny that that is part of our zeitgeist it's part of the meme uh in our culture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i'm sitting here thinking about what would happen in tom brady smoked weed oh see the thing about tom is tom brady is a brand you yeah. know tom brady is not just a singular you know singular entity he he literally is Tom Brady, the ink, right? <laughs> so, so for Tom to to make that 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 leap would severely impact his brand uh, in a way that maybe his his agents and his other money makers, uh, you know, the people that are invested in him might not want to see. And I, I think that's also I've seen a lot of uh, media recently about Tom in how they feel as though Tom has expressed some problematic views. Tom has been a very open uh, MAGA supporter in the past. And, uh -huh. and for a lot, a lot of folks, they have a hard time reconciling that, uh, you know, with the fact that, oh, well, he's bringing the Super Bowl uh, here to Tampa. I mean, think about it. First time uh, the hometown team gets to play on their hometown turf in the Super Bowl. And for a lot of folks, you know, they're willing to like, well, as long as he's winning, that's all I care about. And <laughs> and, and so we, we have to look at sports, right? Are sports players role models? Do they have civic responsibilities? Are they responsible to the political culture at the time? Because, you, you know, it, it varies from sport to sport. You got people sitting there catcalling LeBron James and telling him just shut up and dribble. And then Tom Brady can express, you know, and hang out with Donald Trump and golf on the weekends. But then, you know, there's, you know, he, he doesn't catch any of the flack that, that other people might. So it's, it's interesting in that uh, folks think I think things are starting to change, man, because like, I mean, there was a point that like, you know, like the whole Michael Jackson thing where, you know, he he went and he's accused of all these horrible things to children. And then but people are like, but thriller, bro, thriller, you know, <laughs> I, I would say Michael is is a bit different because there is seems to be some doubt with those accusations because Michael, I think R. Kelly would be a better example. You know, yeah, and and you know, that's kind of people, what, like, what about I believe I can fly? You know, people, yeah. people, people danced to R. Kelly's songs for, for an entire decade, got married to some of his songs, and now it's like you're shocked. <laughs> he, he, one of his songs, he was like, Seems like you're ready. <laughs> it's like, Seems like you're ready, or you know, show me some ID, and we what. <laughs> Why are you talking to a woman that you need to actually have to ask, hey, let me see your ID? Like, whoa, brother, you're in your 30s. Should we have to ask the women to see the ID? <laughs> that whole thing he had with Aaliyah, too, was kind of weird. Um, uh, not weird, just gross, disgusting. You know, getting a 15-year-old girl pregnant who's, you know, a future superstar in the music industry. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's, not, that's not STDs to teenagers. It's but, not right. Uh, 
<laughs> but I, I mean, I digress a little bit. That's kind of what I'm talking about, though, is like we're starting to hold people a little bit more accountable. Maybe like football, football stars are kind of like on a different keel. You know, I, I think that's the right word, keel. But on a different level than music artists, um, you know, because uh, you got Tom Brady hanging out with Trump and people are still like, as long as he wins, fuck it, chuck it, football. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But I think we're starting to hold a lot of people more and more accountable. I think, honestly, it comes down to Trump. You know, we we got Trump into office and like a big excuse for Trump supporters was like, oh, you know, that was locker room talk or, you know, he says what he wants. And I kind of like that. And now look what happened. You know, he had fucking coup d'etats and shit. And um, I think people now are starting to realize that, like, you know, we have to, like, you know, judge the artists along with the art. And, you know, maybe soon we'll judge the sports star along with, you know. Uh, Their uh, politics. Yeah. Along with. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe if Tom Brady was smoking some pot, he would be like, yo, maybe Trump's kind of an asshole. You know? <laughs> Tom, <laughs> uh... Oh, Eric's I mean, just I'm... walking up. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> and the, thing, the thing about Tom is, you know, to be in your 40s and operate at the level that 20-year-olds are operating at, yo, you got to keep your body at peak efficiency. Come on down, my friend. What's up? What's happening? We got Eric Stevens coming up. Go ahead and sit down. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Hey, Eric. Welcome, welcome. I'll let you prep for that. What's going right, on, guys? You got your headphones so you can oh, hear Kano. That'll be helpful. Just talking to the microphone. What's going on? How fitting hey. to see you for the first time in like two years. <laughs> Get onto a camera and a microphone with you right yes, away. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, guys, this is our, our friend Eric Stevens from Florida for Care. Um, <laughs> A gentleman that's been doing this for this cannabis activism stuff for a long time probably one of the most successful cannabis activists here in florida because you know he worked on the united for care campaign um we're taking kind of like we're talking about sports and pot right now oh fantastic so, I, I i apologize i wasn't following along on, on the way here no 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 worries no worries no worries i just want to set the scene here about yeah. like because the three of us have an interesting story about how we we met me and Kano were working as, uh, you know, on some medical marijuana school here in Tampa. We happen to be in Miami and can't, we're doing something, something marijuana related in Miami. And Kano just kind of turns to me. He's like, there's this Voto Latino thing going on um, down in South Beach. And, you know, I kind of want to crash the party. You want to check it out? So me and Kano don't have tickets. It's an expensive party to get into. Where Kano's just like a master at sneaking into like private parties. <laughs> and he's just Nobody like, stops huh. a 300 pound guy in a bow tie in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're in there, we're mingling with the crowd. We meet Wilder Valderrama and Rosario Dawson, and we're having a great time. And we're talking about how like marijuana, you know, we're, we're involved with marijuana. We're getting, you know, we're part of this marijuana business. And um, this guy is like standing next to us and he's like, I'm, you know, financial director for the United for Care campaign. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff if it wasn't for you. And then he looks at us and he's like, I know. 
It <laughs> goes back to the whole thing. <laughs> that was when we first met? I think so. It's I may be paraphrasing it just a little I mean, bit. That's all coming back to there, me now. There might man, be like a so there might have been a handshake in the middle or something no, like that. No, I think <laughs> I, No, that's so that's so interesting. Uh no, well so and and so how did how how did that come back to the sports topic? Was that related to us meeting? Uh, was that setting no, the stage just no, for how just our setting the stage for no, you, I mean, I, I was, you know, at that point, I was going around to as many different voting-related groups to try and let them know what was happening. Let them know. I'm not sure if that was before we didn't pass with 60 percent, or if that was oh, it was it, after it, we it had was failed be, the first. It time. was before uh, the, the yeah, it was the first rodeo. rodeo. Yeah, it was oh, like all right. when awesome. the first go around was just yeah. starting to happen. No, that's super cool. And, yeah. and yeah, and people that support marijuana campaigns were able to, uh, you know, uh, get Listen, into there the were few far between. You know, there's very few advocates that have been doing this long enough, like you guys. Um, that have seen kind of the different levels of no one paying attention to this, to everyone paying attention to it, to, you know, it, it being, you know, made to be such an amazing thing. And then people try and put it down in so many different ways. And you just, you know, looking at that and then, you know, watching the, the state continue to grow and, you know, the patient population and more stores that are opening, you know, obviously there's people that aren't necessarily happy with how the overall setup has been. But, you know, if you're a patient here in the state and you've been able to find some different places and different products and, and have things, you know, at least there's like some states don't even have delivery, right? Like they yeah. don't have the best program for it here, but at least you can get it, Yeah, you know? Uh, and so, you know, like, should you have to have two people in a car? Should you not be able to just have that as a standalone business? Probably, but, you know, we're just sadly aren't there at this point. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see when we get there. But I think, you know, there's still a lot of work that continues to need to be done and educated. And that, that kind of goes into what we were talking about with sports. We were, you know, we were talking a little bit about advertisements and how, you know, uh, this, this, Football is so heavy on alcohol sponsorships. This store here is in the middle of three bars. And last night we were hardly making any money, but all the bars around us were packed and like city officials were getting in there and telling them they had to kick people out because of COVID. And um, yeah, it just seems to me that if not only if sports players could use cannabis, you know, that because that's kind of like, you know, a, a similar thing in the same topic but um if we really embraced it and we really you know we 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 had fucking cookie sponsorship deals for lebron james or fucking tom brady or whatever you know um i think that would really help to change a lot of the stigmas um for sure. and really help for our culture to really get them and get you know embrace cannabis culture entirely and i think and and listen you know i you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, enough about my background. I mean, I worked with, you know, traveled around with University of Miami football team for. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I was on the field for almost 10 years for games. It was amazing. I, I, I got to retire and go back to that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, you'd see a lot of players, mostly, honestly, when they were injured uh, that would were using during rehabbing or other things. And it caught me completely off guard. Um as I was like, how are these physical specimens able to function at a high level and not, you know, have their brains deteriorating from using this plant? Now, little did we know, 
them like running into each other is probably causing more harm than you know any of the use of this substance would yeah right uh, as a matter of fact using this substance is helping them to get hurt from running into each other so much you yeah know? the neuroprotective uh, you know properties and so you know i think that was intriguing to me and uh, you know i also saw all the negatives that happen with alcohol you know in college cities etc and it was just kind of like how are people not allowed to use something that's safer that doesn't give you a hangover and that would allow you to function and go on and i think i mean listen there's been some big step it's mostly been retired athletes but you know joe montana is involved with the company now you know al harrington um you know even rob gronkowski right i mean he getting involved with the the cbd line um and you know cbd meta or whatever it was uh you know that i think changed a discussion at least on hemp and cbd and brought that more to the mainstream of wow you know maybe this isn't you know exactly fully there but maybe there is something more to this if you know people are starting to see that and i think i think they actually made them change their i don't think they're allowed to even have endorsement deals now as a pro player for hemp and cbd i believe there was a, a player association ruling sometime in the middle of the season mm -hmm. um I, I may be inaccurate about that but but that's those are more of the things that we do need to continue to see and i think that you know some of their contracts have clauses where they aren't sure and because you know maybe all the regulations haven't been fully flushed out um but that's going to be a, a a big change when people see this as a, something to help with recovery and helping with you know uh just general wellness and 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 learning just the overall properties and how it can be beneficial um and so i think that that's going to be great as it continues to become more mainstream right i mean even you know uh, tv12 he's got a hemp drink at his places to hemp seed something so like there's, there's a lot of a lot of really interesting things it's just not necessarily as out there as you might think and so but I, and i think that's somewhat intentionally um but i think the more that we get this mainstreamed and they start to see that there are people using this i mean listen they see themselves as role models too they don't want a lot of kids look up to them they don't necessarily you know you don't see a ton of them out on a alcohol ad or out on a you know uh, i mean realistically how many professional athletes are you seeing in in those and, yeah, I don't. I, no, I think they're few and far between. I can't I, even think I, off the top of my head. I hear you. We were talking about how it's like normally titties and puppies on those. <laughs> <laughs> on the, <laughs> we were yeah. literally talking about that before you. Got <laughs> yeah. Um, no, man. Like they'll show people at a game and yeah. enjoying it or whatever. But I, I can't think. And and maybe some retired athletes. But for the most part, I would say I think there's some like clauses in their contracts, even from their teams. Um, and the league as a whole. And so I think that's definitely held things back. But I know the league's at least started to have some discussions from a medical perspective and have a like continuing group that's at least meeting with the Players Association stuff uh, to discuss this. So, I mean, I think it's going to continue to move forward, especially if we get any federal law changes. Um, you know, they've, they've already changed the testing thresholds, I believe, in the NFL um, and most other sports. So it's like... You have to have more nanograms, I think, in your blood to for it to actually show up in a test. And you don't get tested as often. Um, and I don't even think I think the NBA didn't test at all during the bubble and said they're planning to probably not do that going forward. I don't know if they did it before the start of this most recent season, but 
You know, the, things I, are, things I are remember reading reading an article about I think it was either basketball or baseball, but like how like players were you know bored in the bubble, so like smoking pot you just became this rampant thing. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't uh, it, it it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Uh, I don't know that the wonderful world of Disney would be so excited about that, but uh, yeah, no. Um, listen, I think that that's coming. I think. What I was really excited to see this past year, honestly, was, and, and I think this is all related, is everybody really paying attention to all the criminal justice reforms, right? Mm -hmm. And I think all the different communities that are impacted by that. And I think we need to seize that opportunity with the new administration because they've made commitments to have a criminal justice task force and they've made commitments to do things on this. And this is one of those big issues, whether it's expungements, whether it's, you know, uh, arrests, et cetera, um, that I think we need to look at. But, you know, so many of those people either started get out the vote groups, got involved with get out the vote groups. Now, whether that went well, was directed correctly, et cetera, could be another story. But I think the fact that they're more involved and engaged and willing to take a stand, I mean, listen, if you were a professional athlete and you saw the type of things that went on with Colin Kaepernick, why would you go out on a limb for any such issue that mm. was that important? I mean, That's what, what would make you that is a good point. Uh, want to be that person? You uh, piss off the wrong guy and you're just done. There's yeah. just like some issues that you like existential things that you see or that your agent says to you, well, you see what happened with this. You want to really have this be the discussion what we talk about for the next however many months, you know. And you saw obviously, I mean, even with like guys like Ricky Williams, right? Yeah. I mean, Ricky's great. He obviously, you know, had to decide what different things were going to be most important to him in addition to you know worrying about concussions and everything else. And you know, has found himself to be a healer and really started to explore different plant medicines and everything else. But I mean, his his reputation got tarnished. All these guys that come out for the draft that have a positive test and they have to get drop, they get drop in what they make and money. It gets ridiculous. It, it, it yeah. needs to change. But, you know, I think that the real barometer for change will be the day that you see cannabis sponsorships in NASCAR. Like that's when we know the sports world has actually moved along because NASCAR's governing body still prohibits CBD sponsorships. And I know there's plenty of CBD uh, companies out there, everything from, you know, Green Rose to Provita to all these other ones uh, that, you know, Marley and Charlotte's Web, who you have the money to go out there and, and slap a sticker on a car. And, and they want to. But but NASCAR, that's the final holdout, I think, when it comes to, to the sports world. And when you see them finally come around, then you'll know that, you know, cannabis is finally in the mainstream acceptance is necessary. I, well. thought, I thought I had heard that there was a car that either tried or is going to or put an ad on and then had it like cover. They, they, I think they made them, I think they like told them like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know if it was CBDMD or somebody. I want to say I saw a story about that they were trying. And yeah, like those are the things. And at this point, it's like, well, that's a, this is a federally legal, you know, thing that we're talking about. So we need yeah. to figure out what the rules look like for that now granted you know and i think it's going to be an interesting discussion overall and i and i think in some ways it may be part of the federal holdup is you know there's different rules for tobacco products and advertising there's different rules for alcohol products and advertising and obviously none of us want these things marketed to children or you know anyone that 
could be in a harmful position. But, but I guess you need to have, you know, some general awareness and other things and figure out how to best do that, that everyone can be comfortable and safe with. Um, and I think that's something because, you know, the Project Sam's and Drug Free Americas are the ones saying, oh, big marijuana is coming and they're, it's going to be so much worse and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, creating a new discussion that you're going to go crazy from this. And, you know, we just need <laughs> to look at science. Can, cannabis and psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's, um, yeah. I mean, the, the conversation, one thing that's true is that the conversation is definitely starting to change. And, um, you know, I was telling Kano about mixed martial arts and like how they've been really embraced CBD, I think. And like, dude, I mean, whenever we have a mixed martial arts event happening in Tampa, I get a shit ton of phone calls for advertisement. And I never really do it. And you've got also like, you know, uh, I don't know if you watch the sport or not. I, I don't really watch any sports, to be honest with you. But, you know, you got you got people in there like Nate Diaz that are like they're token on CBD joints during practice, you know, and saying like this really helps me, you know. Um, so the conversation is starting to change and it's slowly getting in there. Um, but, you know, I, honestly, I think football is the main thing, dude. Like, I don't think nascar is going to necessarily do it nascar is going to do it for you know a lot of the gringos in america but like one thing that we're we are a football nation the nfl fucking super bowl is one of the biggest fucking television events in the world you know yeah like yeah. um you, you got people that don't watch football watching the super bowl and there's shit for them still. There's the commercials and the advertisement. There's the fucking halftime game. Like they're watching like this awesome concert. They're still fucking watching that shit. So I really think, and you know, I can't catch me fucking watching NASCAR. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather sit by the highway than watch cars drive in circles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for that long. Or even you golf, know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you made an interesting point there, and actually, I think that's. You know, a lot of the Olympic laws changed. I think UFC actually officially changed their position that they now allow fighters to use it. And granted, I have my own personal beliefs. I don't know how anyone can talk about all the concussion issues in the NFL and then turn on a, a mixed martial art fight and, and have a straight face on that one. But <laughs> at the same time, I do see that being an interesting segue into the sports and popular culture. Cause you say Nate Diaz, number one, right? Some of them are all being sponsored. Now, Mike Tyson said he smoked a joint before his last fight, when he came out and fought, um, you've got this new Mike boxing Tyson league. Weed, good weed. You know? Yeah. And you've got this new boxing league that's being started by Snoop Dogg and all these other guys that are cannabis friendly that are all getting into this. And so it's, really going to be interesting to see that segue in my opinion because i think the fighting boxing genre similar to the soccer genre in america has started to kind of take its way back off and a lot of public figures are you know involved you know barstool's got its own boxing league you know there's all these different leagues that are kind of getting started that have groups that are in and around and popular on this and obviously everybody enjoyed when snoop did the commentary on that last fight uh, yeah. for Paul or whatever, right? And so I think he's going to continue to do that. League. We're going to see kind of how that all evolves. I think there's a, a match scheduled for 420 weekend or something 
um, in relation to all that. But honestly, I, I mean, I've been waiting and hoping that they would do, you know, some sort of like a national push concert type. Like, and I know that there are some things that go on, you know, every year in DC and whatever, but like, I don't, I don't know that they're more than just to support the groups that want to put on the event versus like groups that are actually trying to like make change on the laws. But I've seen all these public figures do concerts for, you know, AIDS and this and that. And it's like, you know, you guys all support these things. Can we like make a stand towards this at some point too? Yeah. Uh, and I think we're getting closer to that, especially with the cookies and the other groups that are getting a lot of these artists involved that are starting to have this athlete former athlete i think they have a tim hardaway scotty scotty pippen mm -hmm. uh, a couple other guys that are like these are not like you know little names and so i think yeah. that is going to be when when people can start to see people that they looked up to that they see as athletic specimens that they see this didn't you know deteriorate their life and make them like you know be living in a back alley all of a sudden then i yeah. think that they are, are, and can hear that. I mean, I think for any of us, right? When we hear a story of how something's helped someone and like how you see that person's life change, especially even for politicians, once they finally know someone, it completely changes the dynamic. It's like, oh, they're not like a bad yeah. person. They just like yeah. use temper CBD or cannabis when they need it. And they Man, like, what, see their doctor all the time about it. Like, what really changed my, like, my parents being like Christian, conservative, like Cuban, like, uh, you know, my mom found a roach in my uh, fucking drawer when I was like 16 and it was like, oh, you just meal. And it was like, she got, she got scared shitless that I was going to become a drug addict. But um, no, and I, I dealt with it for years and it wasn't until like uh, early thirties when I introduced them to Giselle who had, I was a mother had no other choice but to you know like she was sitting there she was like i remember seeing my mom's face and she, like it clicking when Giselle was like i'm a mom the doctors were giving my son veterinary medicine right i have no other choice this is my last chance to save my son's life and my mom was like oh shit, i'm a mom too i can relate to that if i had to break the law to save my son's life i'd break the law to save my son's life so, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, that education really like getting out of your bubble and, and really knowing about it. And that kind of scares me a little bit, too. And, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, dude, like, I mean, the social media algorithms and shit like that, like, it's hard to hear a different point of view these days, yeah. you know? And, and listen, I think we got to give a, a ton of credit to... You know, all of us that have kind of taken a stand before it was popular to do so on this issue, right? But especially to the moms, yeah, Giselle and all the others. Like, and and listen, we all get it; they're fighting for their children. But you know, to be able to get out there publicly and speak on these things and know that there could be repercussions, and be willing to be that voice because you know you're right, and you know that if you continue to tell your story to people and for them to see that they will understand this. Um, and so, you know, I, I you know, I have uh, more than I could even say in, in great things about, you know, all the moms that, you know, pushed for this from the beginning through the end that are still continuing to push to get the things that they need, which they should not even be needing to do any of that.
All right, so here's how we're going to legalize marijuana in the U.S., guys. We're going to start a football league of moms <laughs> who need to give pot to their children and smoke weed. How's that sound? I think you got no. some of the components there. <laughs> don't, don't forget the puppies. Don't forget the puppies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to be, they gotta be holding puppies while they're playing football. <laughs> Oh, oh man you know it's interesting to see um how much progress is being made uh, i'm up here in the dmv and um you know federally right now you see um chuck schumer who's the new senate majority leader saying there will be a vote on cannabis uh this year as far as uh, the more act which will deschedule it from the controlled substances act um you see uh yesterday uh the virginia senate and and virginia um uh, house uh, both legalized it, uh, you know, passed an, uh, an adult use bill. So you will see that moving to the governor of Virginia's desk. Um, in Maryland, um, you know, the Senate president is sponsoring the, the adult use bill. Uh, in, in, and then, you know, you see, a, you know, a strong support in the House. Um, I don't know if it'll get past the, the Republican governor's desk, but uh, as far as, you know, Republican governors go, he's one of the more liberal in the country. He's been uh, a very vocal anti-Trump Republican governor, and he's been, um, you know, supportive of getting out the vote. I mean, he even did a, um, a get out the vote uh, thing on NBC with Michelle Obama and Kevin Hart. So, you know, all in all, the more conservative states um, here in the Tidewater are, are definitely uh, moving along, and the federal government's moving along. Uh, the last crack at legalization really is uh, the Bible Belt. It, it is the Carolinas, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, it's Louisiana, it's Texas. If, if, though, if that falls, the only holdouts we see left, you know, essentially are, are Iowa and Kansas. Yep. And most of those states that you mentioned, too, you know, they haven't had a ballot initiative process where you can collect signatures and put exactly. something on. So it's yeah. not like even though they are more conservative and maybe wouldn't have gotten there, some of them would have. Uh, yeah. They just haven't been given the opportunity to vote on it. Right. And I think if any of them were, they'd have it. Um, and now the legislators are actually moving forward and, and taking this initiative in, in some states. Um, now, some of them may be taking the initiative and then doing it wrong. Uh, some of them may be, you know, taking the initiative and, and, and trying to get it right, but at least they're moving in the right direction, right? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, we got we to gotta keep pushing, uh, I think, federally and at the state level until, because this is not going to go away. The, you're going to need to continue to educate on this. Listen, we need to continue to do more research too, right? I mean, it's been stifled for years and years. We need that to continue to get opened up. The more we can learn about this, dosing, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Eric, what do you think the likelihood of Florida's legislator passing it this year? Passing adult use? Yeah. We got bills in the House and the Senate, bipartisan support. You know, I mean, Kano likes to likes to say like, yeah, there's bipartisan support, but you got Carlos that's extreme left and Brandis who's like extreme right. So like, there's nothing much in the middle. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking I'm I'm looking at your face and the way you responded to that, as well, uh, you agree with Kano. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. If you've seen what I've seen up in Tallahassee, I think you'd understand. I mean, listen, we yeah. we got an implementing bill passed in 2017 that still hasn't been fully implemented. 
And okay. since then, the only thing that we did was sue the state for whole flower smokable cannabis. And the week after our bill passed for that, they started trying to put a 10% cap on flower. Yeah. And so if in the past two sessions, that's the only bill that's moved on cannabis is to cap THC flower content. And there's just no real good education going on on that. And so if our legislators are being told that over 10% is recreational and you're going to go crazy and no one's telling them otherwise, you know, it, it's just, it's hard. We can't even get, you know, added conditions put on or reciprocity or employment protections or like yeah. when we can't get some home, basic like home patient physician right stuff on the medical thing. No, it, listen, and I, I actually wish they'd middle ground that and the bill would be to put it on the ballot, right? Yeah. Like, cause I don't think they're going to pass it up there. But if you at least put it to them, well, well, don't you think people should get to vote on this? Yeah. I think it might make yeah. it a little bit harder for them to vote and say, oh, uh, well, I guess I would be okay. I put 10 things on the ballot last year. I guess I could put this one on. It, I think you'd pigeonhole them a little bit harder because they wouldn't have to be the legalizers. They're just letting the people decide. It's um, It's got to be. But I don't think they're going to do that either. It's got to be extremely difficult for you working so hard to pass the United for Care Amendment. <laughs> And to see how it's been implemented <laughs> and, you know, something that's so clearly, you know, something that allows for growing at home and, um, you know, allows for our freedoms and whatnot. And just to be uh, beaten and bruised and just completely ripped apart. That's got to suck. Yeah. I mean, we spent so much time and money and everything else educating on the medical properties and how this is helpful. And then it's just continually going back and basically having to try and have the same conversation. And instead of us making progress and getting things better, it's like barely being able to keep what's there or get some good progress with that. And I think that's what's been a, a little bit lacking, but, but, I, but I see it getting better. Like I, I think people are getting a little bit more involved. They're understanding like what the issues are and I think we're going to be more prepared as this moves forward. But yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it can be frustrating, especially, you know, when you hear from the person who, you know, uh, you know, loses their job or isn't getting a job or, or, you know, uh, is dealing with, you know, one issue here, their, you know, their condition isn't qualified. They're having an issue with their doctor. Um, there's just, there's a variety of different things that, could have been so much better and instead of us continuing to improve that it's just been like barely trying to keep what's there right yeah. and and that's how so like when people want like to go to the next level i'm like man we barely like we gotta at least like get this figured out and have them all be comfortable and understand the like medical parts of this if you guys want to have that next discussion because you know even if you put something on the ballot and passed it you know would the governor veto it he's been vocally against this so him and a bunch of others would probably be against it if it was on the ballot be campaigning yeah. against it would you is get his party gonna buck him you know would they override his veto probably yeah not. yeah it's it's so and and so you don't really know necessarily all the dynamics of that and so i think it's a, a lot of those things but as much as we can try and push for some like general patient physician stuff and you know even like some reciprocity things for a good medical system here would be pretty good because you have a ton of people that are coming and visiting that have their cards in other places. Um, and I think that there's a huge value to having a good medical system. I mean, you don't have all these, you know, extortionist taxing 
structures and everything else that occurs. And so, you know, we need to make sure that we have a well implemented medical system. And I think that's what we've tried to continue to do with Florida for care is make sure like, I know there's been a ton of people that are focused on some hemp policy stuff and some adult use policy stuff. And like, personally, super supportive of almost everything that I hear proposed out there, right. But I think at this point, it's like, all right, we just got to like, still get this part right and do it well and make people understand this more and then i think those next discussions and steps and whether that's the criminal justice reforms whether that's how tax and regulate structures would look like whatever that may be i think that's what well Kano, what was that bill you were talking about that like you know there's like an extra tax on top or like a, a 50 dollar Payment oh, yeah. yeah. One of the adult use bills in the state, right? Has yeah, a, yeah. One of the adult tax. use bills has a fifty dollar flat excise tax, and I'm like, okay, so now we're gonna what have eighty dollar eighth like that. Well, and then what if the fed feds change something, and then are they gonna have something there? You're gonna have a federal tax and a state. Yeah, and, so, yeah. and it would still be like because right now medical marijuana it's expensive in Florida, but it's not. It's still not taxed. So, I mean, and I'm right, right? Like that's <laughs> I'm like second guessing myself. Yeah. No, but it's still not taxed, even though it's fucking expensive. You know, it's uh, it's still not taxed. So we make it so that marijuana is not necessarily considered medicine anymore. And all of a sudden, like we got state tax coming in and excise tax and the price probably isn't going to go down unless they let more people into the business. So, yeah, I mean. What the fuck? Yeah, no, and listen, <laughs> I've seen, what I've seen too is I'm seeing THC caps getting filed in multiple other states and uh -huh. people having to defend against those. And I'm uh -huh. seeing some interesting things with the adult use structures where over 10% products are being taxed at a higher level, like in Illinois. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a little bit different discussion. And I guess yeah, and maybe, they, you, maybe they, you could have- They uh, really are fucking sneaky with that 10% tax too, like they're the 10% cap. Like they are sneaky fuckers. Like they will fucking whittle that into like any little bill <laughs> that's coming out. And they like, tried to add it on a health policy bill at the last committee stop last year as an amendment bro. with no discussion. And they had to, you know, it failed, but because it was going to kill the bill. And it's just, there's, there's a couple people that are determined to try and screw this up. And that seems to be the new way of doing it. Um, and people uh, just need to be aware. All that does is make people have to buy more, smoke more, use all the things they say they don't want you doing. It doesn't even solve those. Yeah. So like if you basically understand math, if you have 30% and you have 10%, you're going to need three of those, right? <laughs> like it's like such a simple math and science discussion <laughs> that like it boggles my mind that anyone can sit there with a straight face and, and just listen to it. Eric, math and science do not come into play when we're talking about the rhetoric that the Anti-Drug Alliance oh, and Free America have. We sat up there in 2016 at the uh, Lakeland City Council for a decriminalization ordinance, and it ended up uh, dying on a three to three vote, you know, a table for later. But they sat up there and said, uh, under this policy, we were asking them to decriminalize uh, misdemeanor possession, which is 20 grams or less. And the lady holds up a bag and says, oh, look, you can get 60 to 100 joints. 
out of these 20 grams that they're suggesting. And I'm like, since when can you get 60 to 100 J's out of 20 grams? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, they're at every <laughs> route. I mean, I started with decriminalization. Uh, we decriminalized Miami Beach and Miami. Yeah. And they, they, like, these people come out of nowhere and it's like you can get a hundred pots out of 20 years of marijuana my response to the lady was uh uh, mr mayor i don't know where she's rolling her joints from but i can tell you there's no way that i'm getting a hundred out of 20 grams and the whole room erupted in laughter because It is so absurd. Everybody was laughing but Grady Judd. And then the mayor chided me for, Mr. Dano, you know what you're doing with your grandstanding. And I'm like, no, she's grandstanding with this ridiculous, unscientific data that apparently you all are willing to accept is, is just fact. Yeah, no, and 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 that's but that's sometimes what it takes. Like these people just aren't used to being told like how it is. They're just being used to yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and whatever and they need to just take a step back and listen that there may be more than one point of view that they need to look at and slowly but surely they're coming around i think it's more the personal stories than the math and science sometimes but whatever it takes for whoever we just need to keep at it that's a great point eric the personal stories i mean we touched on it earlier with the cannon moms it is personal stories that have influenced um, a lot of the United States senators to get on board with the Morac, like like Cory Booker, like Kristen Gillibrand, Chuck Schumer, of actually seeing sick patients come up there and tell them, oh, yeah. it's my only form of relief. So if you're a sick patient, if you have a story to tell, we want to help you and give you a platform to tell that story. So you can contact us at suncoastnormal.org. You can hit us up on our social media. We want to hear your stories because it is patient stories that make all the difference in pushing public officials and policymakers in the right direction. For sure. And and I'd say, I don't know if you guys have seen, there was a documentary probably six or seven months ago that came out on BET. And it was really, really good. It delved into kind of the history, music, sports, culture, all the background and and some of those personal stories and also uh want to give a shout out to last prisoner project was with richard delissi yesterday they've been getting so many people out of jail recently um and you know corvin cooper some others that you know have just been in for over 30 20 30 years and these people you know got to go home and see their families for the holidays uh this year and so you know it's just really great to see some of the work that's continuing to go on and that's where i think that combination of the criminal reforms and the cannabis reforms and the expungements and and jobs and like how do we tie that all in and i think that that's where we're we're moving towards now but you know uh, in florida guys right like we're like our own country here right like like miami's its own like state orlando's its own state tampa's its own state tallahassee's on jacksonville so like we need to have good groups in those areas being ready to discuss these things because sometimes they pop out of nowhere, you know, legislatively in Tallahassee, you usually get like a week's warning or less that something's going to have a hearing. And so if you're a doctor, what are you going to do? Clear your schedule for the next week, cancel Mm. patients and fly up there. Like Tallahassee is like the most inconvenient place to have a capital. Oh, (laughs) like I am, I am so tired of having her drive up there on a whim and like fucking take like fucking five hours to drive up there and i'm only in the middle of the state like i can't imagine like you you live in south florida man and like fucking having to drive like eight ten hours just to get to tallahassee 
just uh, because they snuck a 10% fucking thing in, in, in some obscure bill. Like they, sh- they should have never rebuilt Tallahassee after the Seminoles burned it down the first time. Yeah, well, there was a tornado when I was up there the other day, and I was like, ah, maybe uh, it was take the whole thing out. We'll have to do it all in Orlando. Uh, but no, I just it just freaked me out. Actually, I haven't really been around a tornado warning before like that. Oh, yeah. Hurricanes and blizzards, but not a uh, not the tornado. So. We we got a few tornadoes happening in Tampa. Oh, hopefully not the rest of today. But yeah, I'm out, I'm out here in town. I had to come out and support my guy Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I'm a Massachusetts guy, so. <laughs> to get out here and uh, support uh, everything going on here in Tampa. Yeah, yeah you look a little bit like Tom. Eric, y'all got y'all got a yeah. Uh, we got. I mean, we got some relatives. <laughs> dis- <laughs> I didn't get the height or the the football skills. You're so. definitely typically when I see you, you're dressed in like some sort of like nice suit. And like, yeah, no, nice today to I'm see I'm, you I'm, in I'm like in my uh, my Tom Brady goat jersey. <laughs> so, had, had to had to be reckoned. So, <laughs> okay guys we got a few minutes left in the show um eric you kind of came in there in the middle and you know we had a introduction that was pretty informal so i want to give you a chance uh you know let people know what you do and- yeah so uh you know eric stevens i worked uh originally when i met these guys uh we were we had two ballot initiatives both for the same thing which was medical marijuana in the state of florida both became amendment two. We collected over a million signatures twice to get on the ballot. Then we had to get out the vote. Um, and we formed an organization, Florida for care to really be like a continually, uh, educational implementing social advocacy organization. Um, because, you know, I saw in Massachusetts, how they slowed down the process, how things got delayed, how things would just pop up here, there and everywhere. Um, and just knew that we were going to need to be prepared as this all moved forward and that it wasn't going to go as seamlessly as it needed to be. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've worked on some different business development for a couple different groups, uh, you know, ancillary space, but for the most part, you know, I've just tried to stay pushing for patient physician advocacy and trying to make Florida's program as good as we can. And then, you know, I think hopefully we can continue to make a push even further than Florida now at, at the federal level and see kind of where we can go from that. But, you know, I was uh, I was on Nikki Freed's uh, advisory medical marijuana advisory board for the past year or so. I think they've been making some decent discussions and progress more so in that recently. But, you know, the state's just so divided. I heard she and, might uh, run for governor. I've heard a lot of different things out there. I can't can't confirm nor deny. Uh, But yeah, no, listen, I think there's a lot of really great, exciting things. But, you know, even, you know, just someone that takes this issue and runs on it with a positive platform for one of the first times, you know, we've done a lot in Florida to give people the confidence to understand and push on this, right? That's not something that would have been possible years ago. And so... I think that's all of us and all of the stories that we've been telling and having discussions on. Um, and, it, and it's not going to change. I think we're going to still need to continue to be involved. It, it's a good point, man. Cause like when we, when we first met, like the mentality was like, our legislators not going to do it. We got to do it ourselves. We got to pass this amendment. Right. And now that the amendments pass, it's like, okay, 
it's here, but it's not going to be done right unless we vote the right people in to implement it correctly. So I think I think getting people in there that have positive positive outlooks on this is really the most important next step. No, for sure. No, you gotta you gotta stay involved. You gotta you know stay involved locally. You gotta understand who's running. You gotta have a better sense of you know what bills are out there, who's voted for them, how they can get passed, and just you know continue to tell your story. You know, pick pick your top three to five issues, and you know be concise on those. You're only gonna get a couple seconds sometimes maybe a minute with some elected officials or people who can you know be important in this and you know just try and convey your story or the story of your mom or or whoever you know sick family friend um and why you know they've had an issue and what could be helpful for that and and you'd be surprised to see uh how much more they're understanding now than than they may have before and how much more they are listening uh even though it doesn't seem at times Kano, you got anything to say before we close out? Uh, Eric hit everything on the head. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, the most important thing for you, the cannabis consumer, is to also be an educated member of the electorate. If you're not registered to vote, then you are not exercising your full potential when it comes to this movement of wanting to legalize it. You know, we are long past the days of, you know, uh, standing out front uh, and firing up a joint to purposely get arrested. Like that is not that is not the way you, you do it these days. You, you do like what Eric's doing. You do what we do. You put on the suit. You go into the halls of government. You sit down with these folks. You share your story. Um, you 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 know you work to build organizations like the ones we're building uh, in order to to exert public pressure. And so uh, on that note, we are a membership based organization. And so becoming a member of, of normal, becoming a member of our chapter of Suncoast Normal allows us to put pressure on these politicians here in the Bay Area, here in the I-4 corridor, where votes are so important, where the issues that are important to us come issues that are important to the entire country as a whole. And so get involved, join the movement, and become a member of Suncoast Normal today and do your part to helping us legalize it. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at Suncoast Normal. That's N O R M L, and um, yeah, we've uh, we've got this podcast going on a lot of different uh, platforms now. So if you want to listen in your car, we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes. And I gotta update this graphic to say Google Podcast. Um, and we're in the middle of being approved for Pandora. I don't know. They're taking a long time for that. Um, you can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. All of our social medias at suncoast.norml. And uh, yeah, you can even watch live on our site. Um, and what's going on here? New member link for graphics. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Keto just threw me off by sending me a message. Um, and also, we've got these cool face masks available on our website. Come into the store. All that stuff. I'm going to give Eric one when we get on a break. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah, we love you all. Unless anybody else has anything else to say, that's it from us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate all y'all do. Been uh, been great checking in, listening to you guys and Gary, and uh, just uh, always good to catch up. Wish, uh, sure. wish this past year had been a little bit more in person, but hopefully uh, 2021 and two will be better. Cool. Jump, jump into rotation anytime. Oh, for sure. I'm going to have to do this more often. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Later. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, but you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, Find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.